Hey everyone, welcome to The Orchard Podcast with Amy Hughes and Rachel Hughes. We hope this episode encourages and inspires you today. We were so excited that Danielle Strickland was able to join us for our podcast recording this month. You might notice that the sound is a little bit different this time. We experienced a few technical difficulties, but hopefully that won't stop you from being able to enjoy all the gold that was shared as we joined together for this podcast episode. Well, hello, welcome to the Orchard Podcast. Uh, we are in um, a series, series three, episode, I was stuck on this bit, it must be four, five, five, four, five, let's go five. And the most important thing that I want to say is that we are, we're not alone today. Most people will listen to this rather than, if if you're watching this on YouTube, you you will already know. But if you're listening to this, then I'm excited to tell you that we're joined by Danielle Strickland. Yes, it's an honor to be on the podcast. Oh, stop. It is. It is. Oh, it, stop. It is an, an honor. honor. It's our honor. It is, a, it is Seriously, our honor. Honor. I was like, how can I, what do I have to do to get on this podcast? <laughs> we and did. Was like, it turns out I just have to come to Birmingham. That's and it. Three times. Yes. On that was yeah. it. We were, we were testing you. <laughs> right. You just, you just about <laughs> straight through the assessment. If it was process. on the 930 service, you'd be like, I don't know. Oh, no, no. no, no. <laughs> um, I'm feeling a little bit embarrassed that we gave you a lift. In the smelliest car. Yes. <laughs> yes. She's now tra- Daniel's yes. traveling both of our cars, and I was relieved actually. That but I won't give gone. you on a grave. I won't. Yes. I won't say. I know what the grave would be. And Amy's was officially dirtier than mine. Uh, but then Daniel said, "The dirtier your yeah. car is, the more free the, you are, and the better I feel about my own condition, my own car." <laughs> That's so. Okay. It really is liberating. Yeah. yeah. Thank you. Really it's a gift. <laughs> It's a gift. She did that deliberately, just like <laughs> yeah. through garbage. Well, we'll help Danielle yeah. feel better about her own life. Yes, exactly. <laughs> We're just here to bless you. That's it. Yes. Yeah. Um, so uh, this series is all about looking at women in the Old Testament, and we've called it that. The whole series title is the the women of the story, and um, it has. We just loved it. Absolutely loved exploring some of the amazing women actually that feature. And we we said this before that. You know, the women in the Old Testament and actually the New Testament, they, they don't get like loads of airtime in relation to the guys yeah. necessarily, but the significant role that they play in the overarching story and the way God uses them to sort of express his heart, uh, his plans, his redemption work yeah. is amazing. Catalyst, aren't they? Absolutely, mm-hmm. absolutely. So we're going to be looking at Rahab. Um, she p- appears in Joshua 2, so if, you, if you're not sort of running or driving or doing anything that might endanger you, then please do open your Bible to Joshua 2. And actually, Amy, it's your turn. My, my synopses, I've got plural for synopsis, yeah. over the last two episodes have been fairly long, no, actually. I'm just gonna, I'm gonna very read lengthy. <laughs> so I'm going to have Amy, you can. I'll read it. I'll read. I'll read it all. Okay. Are you ready? Buckled in. Ready. Buckled okay. Up. So Joshua chapter two. Then Joshua, son of Nun, secretly sent two spies from Shittim. Oh. Go, oh. Rachel. Wants to make a joke out there. She said, "Duty." <laughs> <laughs> um, go look over the land, he said, especially Jericho. So they went and entered the house of a prostitute named Rahab and stayed there. The king of Jericho was told, look, some of, the, some of the Israelites have come here tonight to spy out the land. So the king of Jericho sent the message to Rahab, bring out the men who came to you and entered your house because they have come to spy out the whole land. But the woman had taken the two men and hidden them. She said, yes, the men came to me, 
but I did not know where they had come from. At dusk, when it was time to close the city gate, they left. I don't know which way they went. Go after them quickly. You may catch up with them. But she had taken them up to the roof and hidden them under the stalks of flax, and she, lay, um, she had laid out on the roof. So the men set out in pursuit of the spies on the road that leads to the fords of the Jordan, and as soon as the pursuers had gone out, the gate was shut. Before the spies lay down for the night, she went up on the roof and said to them, I know that the Lord has given this land to you, and that a great fear of you has fallen on us, so that all who live in this country are melting in fear because of you. We have heard how the Lord dried up the water of the Red Sea where you, for you when you came out of Egypt, and what you did at Shehon and Gog, Og, the two kings of the Amorites east of the Jordan, whom you completely destroyed. When we heard of it, our hearts sank, and everyone's courage failed because of you. For the Lord your God is God in heaven above and on the earth below. Now then, please swear to me by the Lord that you will show kindness to my family, because I have shown kindness to you. Give me a sure sign that you will spare the lives of my father and mother, my brothers and sisters, and all who belong to them, and that you will save us from death. Our lives for your lives, the men has assured her. The men assured her. If you don't tell what we do, if you don't tell what we are doing, we will treat you kindly and faithfully when the Lord gives us the land. So she let them down by a rope through a window, for the house she lived in was part of the city wall. She said to them, go to the hills so that the pursuers will not find you. Hide yourselves there for three days until they return, and then go on your way. Now the men had said to her, this oath you made us swear will not be binding unless when we enter the land you have tied this scarlet cord in the window through which you let us down. And unless you have brought your father and mother and brothers and all your family into your house, if any of them go outside your house into the street, their blood will be on their on their own heads. We will not uh, we will not be responsible. As for those who are in the house with you, their blood will be on our head if a hand is laid on them. But if you tell what we are doing, we'll be released from the oath you made you made us swear. Agreed, she replied. Let it be as you say. So she sent them away, and they departed, and she tied the scarlet cord in the window. When they left, they went into the hills and stayed there three days until the pursuers, uh, until the pursuers had searched all along the road and returned without finding them. Then the two men started back. They went down out of the hills, forded the river, and came to Joshua, son of Nun, and told him everything that had happened to them. They said to Joshua, the Lord has surely given the whole land into our hands. All the people are melting in fear because of us. And then later, later on, we find out that basically they have kept their promise and they do save them as they take on Jericho. And her extended family. And the extended family, brothers and sisters, and all of that. Amazing. Oh, that was good. It's good. So we, we're going to sort of structure this conversation um, three parts, just to, again, if, you, if you're a planner, you want to know where we're going. Um, the first thing, we, we're going to explore the question, um, what does this tell us about the woman? So what's going on for this woman, the context, um, yeah, what we learn about her through this story, and then the next part is what, what do we learn about Jesus 
who he is, etc., um, what he came to accomplish through this story. And then lastly, we're going to look at what do we learn, what do we take away for ourselves? What is it that we, in, as women in the 21st century, can take away from the story and apply to our own lives, apply to our own walk with Jesus? So that's our general direction of travel. So shall we kick off then, Daniel? We're, we're like looking to yeah. you to, to bring the gold. Well, I was actually thinking in the intro about just even women in the, in the Old Testament, mm. about how, like, it's not normal. Like, so in the era mm-hmm. of when the Bible was written, it's a patriarchal yeah. culture. Mm-hmm. It is not normal to feature female heroines. Mm-hmm. And then unlikely, let alone like technically enemy female heroines. Mm-hmm. And then technically like excluded social outcast enemy her- Like, so the, um, so the, st- the strategy of even just including and centering female characters is I- exceptional mm-hmm. and intentional. It's not like, oh, well, you know, Rahab was so amazing that we have to feature her. Yes. It's an intentional decision that God has made putting women in the center of the story. And why? Why? What's your take on why God would do that? Yeah, I mean, um, I think women are at the center of the story mm-hmm. uh, from the start. So you guys have already done Eve, but without women in the center of the story, we don't have a reflection of God. We have a distorted reflection of God. So um, counter to the dominant cultural norms, God just keeps inserting this, this female yeah. perspective, bravery, mm-hmm choice, power. Yeah. And so I think for, for, you know, I was speaking on power at your church today, mm-hmm. and one of the principles of I've learned from actually Lisa Sharon Harper, who's an incredible theologian, yeah. biblicist, mm-hmm. justice advocate, she wrote uh, the book The Very Good Gospel. And she says, always look in the text for where the power goes. So just in the story, where does the power go? Yeah. And this is a great example of that. Because the power goes to Rahab. Yeah. yeah. And you would if you had to if you had to say one thing about Rahab's position, it would be powerless. Yeah. It would be powerless. Like prostitution is not something you chose. It was something that chose you. Yeah. It was something that happened to you. It's kind of a reflection of mm-hmm. your the outcome. Lack of, your of life. choices. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. Right. I would say probably today too. It's, yeah, a, it's a reflection of your lack of choices, yeah. not actually your empowerment. It's a yes. reflection of your disempowerment. Which is why the whole, mm-hmm. you know, liberal feminist agenda around uh-huh. sex this is a work. choice. Yeah, this is yeah. The, this is liberation actually in practice. This mm-hmm. is not liberation. Yeah, because if you had the choice to do anything else that would pay yeah. your bills, that would you would you would take it. Yeah. So I think the disempowerment of the character, and then literally. She has all the power in the story. Mm. Yeah, That's all of it. Cool. Yeah. She has all the power. Like the 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 Israelites are their lives are now in her hands, yeah. right? Yeah. And then even the soldiers that come from her mm. people, mm. Um, she misdirects and sends in the wrong direction, yeah. right? And they're the ones that should have the power over yeah. her, and yeah. she actually has yeah. one over on them. Yeah, and that is such a phenomenally brave thing to do mm-hmm. because I mean we can only imagine that if she was 
caught lying yeah. and then hiding these spies. I mean, that, that would be the death sentence, yeah. right? There's, there's yeah. no two ways about it. So this isn't sort of a, a little lie that may get her into trouble. This is a whopper that could, that's, that's a very British word, isn't whopper. it? Whopper. <laughs> whopper line, I know. We have I Burger King. We have Burger yeah. King. Okay, sorry. Do you know yeah. Burger King? Oh, we do, yeah. My mom went into Burger King one time and ordered a whopper. <laughs> <laughs> I was embarrassed, actually, because the first time my children went into McDonald's, yeah. instead of ordering chicken nuggets, yeah. they asked for chicken goujons. <laughs> that was, that was so classy. Oh, like, like, yeah, that's funny. Anyway, um, back. Do you like some fruits with that? Yes, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> but it does um, seem like even, thank even, you, sorry, <laughs> even some of the, <laughs> but even the women that we've covered already, it has been that same. That's such such a helpful uh, way to look at where's the power. Yes. Um, but even like Esther. Um, yeah, I know. Sorry, yeah, Prime. Yeah. Um, but even there doesn't seem to be. I know that she's asking for her life to be saved, but there is. There is a, she's sort of not fearing death in some ways. Like there's a fearlessness, isn't there, mm-hmm. um, with her? I don't know. That is really powerful. Well, and, and she also hands. like yeah. she, it's not like she's responding. She's acting. Yeah. Right. So I think that's I think that's what it, it's not like she's yeah. like oh no what am I going to do I have to do something she's actually acting on yeah. behalf yeah, of. So good. Uh, and then the response is really mm-hmm. from the guys. The guys are responding. Yes. She's acting. Mm. She's proactive. She's taking the lead. She's, yes. you know, doing the thing. So it, it's yeah. very fascinating that a woman that would be considered the most powerless person in the social context mm, yeah. is the most powerful person in the story. Yeah. Um, what, what Shocking. If, Only God does that. Well, that's again, even that, mm-hmm. so that clearly her choices are driven by some, mm. you know, like in internal void I mean, like what she, she makes she has agency right in the story she doesn't have to make those choices and yeah. yet the choices that she makes play right into God's plan yes so we can only assume that God is leading her in some way yes. and yet she's not a well of course she's not a Christian because Jesus hasn't arrived but she's yeah. not an Israelite she's not an Israelite she's not a uh, uh, yeah, her life is not oriented mm. around God, and and yet God is clearly mm. at work through her choices. So even that sort of slightly blows my mind that I think we have such a narrow view on who God might be drawing. Yeah, exactly. Also, you wonder too. Like I've met a lot of women who don't have a lot left to lose. Yeah, that's really yes. Funny. Gosh, that's so, so true. The end of themselves. Yeah, it's Jan- it's Janice Joplin, right? I think she's saying freedom's just another word for nothing left to lose. Oh, wow. Oh, and um, yeah, it's it's Janice Joplin or like Augustine. Yeah. It's yeah. one or the other. Yeah. <laughs> I yeah. always get those two. One of them. But it's that. Um, yeah, it's yeah. that. This isn't working out for me. Yeah. And then also, like, if you're looking for someone who has their pulse on what's happening and what people's real so this is what's also interesting is that the king of their culture mm-hmm. will be the last to know that the people are afraid yeah yes they'd be the last to know so like yes. the, the, 
you know, the king's going to be told whatever the king needs to hear. Yeah. So again, it's kind of one of those, again, it's this upside down power yeah. shift. Yeah. Because a king that will we'll never know, he'll be the last one to know the yeah. truth. Yeah. The first one to know the truth is the one with the least amount of power. Yeah. Yes. But she knows that everyone's afraid. Yeah. And I would imagine that a lot of people that are frequenting her place mm -hmm. are probably soldiers. Yeah. That's right? right. So she's not just hearing it. Her ears on the ground, basically. In general, yeah. she's hearing yeah. it actually probably from the soldiers, yes. from the cap, you know, and they're terrified. Yeah. And that's interesting. So she's aware yeah. of the actual reality of what's yeah. really happening. Yes. Uh, which not everybody is, and especially yeah. people in power usually are the last ones to know. Like the yeah. revolution hits and you're like, what? Let them eat cake. Let them eat cake. Right? right? Like, yeah. you know, you're totally out of touch with touch. what's really happening. Yes, yeah. but even that's interesting that the the spies mm -hmm. think that they're the ones that are afraid. You know, mm -hmm. so even that, mm -hmm. I'm, I'm just thinking about sort of the spiritual dynamic for us that actually it's the the enemy is afraid. Mm -hmm. You know, whereas the the, the army, yeah. the army of God, are the ones going in thinking, mm -hmm. oh, you know, we need to be afraid of them. You know? yes. But actually, little do they know that the this big scary enemy. Is, is sitting in fear, yes. waiting for them to arrive. Yeah. And, um, I don't know whether that... And why Why is the enemy afraid? I don't know, Daniel, why is the enemy afraid? It says what the answer is, because okay. they've heard. They, yeah, they they've heard about the exodus. Yeah. Yes. They've heard yeah, so, so Pharaoh yes, would have been yes. like Pharaoh would have been the greatest power known. Yes. So yes. if God can free yeah. people from Pharaoh, yeah. yes, and part the sea, yeah. then yeah. what how are they gonna stand yeah. against that God? Yeah. Right? So there's also that like, you know, we forget at our own it's not a new battle every time. Yeah. Yes. You know, like so we I think that's also there. Like we think this is like a brand new battle. And it's not actually there. It's already been won. Yeah, yeah. Right. It's interesting though that why they didn't then why they don't surrender. Like why don't why doesn't their fear lead to mm. giving up as well? Because of what you're saying, because they had had nothing else to lose. That's right. Yeah, and then there's like I think there's an obvious like pride yeah. um, and then humility. Yeah. You yeah. know. I just I think there's probably something around that. Like it takes humility yeah. to say, actually yeah. <laughs> I think you're, you're bigger than we are. Yeah. Or you've, got, like, you've got God on your side and we have just such key lessons. Yeah, to ask for help. Mm. You know, hey, if I, you know, would you, would you help us? Yeah. You know, would you save, save us when you do mm. this? Which for me, one of the great, yeah. one of the greatest lessons in this is that God, God wants to save. Yeah. Yeah. Say a bit more about that. That again, this, this, because I, I think she's really wondering, and I think a lot of people are wondering. Mm. Uh, especially when they hear, when it's fear they hear, like would God save me? Mm. And um, and then I think the good news, you know, this is this is the mm. whole the full revelation that comes in the person of Jesus mm. through Rahab. Yeah, is he wants to save? Mm. He doesn't want to destroy. Yeah. His intention, his heart, his desire is to save. And the kind, you know, they, they keep, she keeps mentioning kindness, which actually triggered a memory for me of, um, it's the kindness of the Lord that leads to repentance. Yeah, yeah. You know, and I was thinking, it is the kindness yeah. of God, and it's his intention. He is kind, he's not just like, I'll be kind this time because you were kind to me. Yeah. It's his character to be kind. Yeah, yeah. He wants to be kind. He wants to save. 
He wants to rescue. Mm-hmm. Um, so I love that, that she's like trying to broker a deal, but the deal's an easy one for God to make. Yeah, it's his heart. It's, it's his, his default heart. position. Yeah. yeah, is to say. If you're humble enough to accept it. Well, that's the exactly that is. It's that is the that's the gateway. Is yeah. that's the key. Yeah. Is the humility to recognize I need saving, mm-hmm. and maybe that. How well, do we that live at the end does. of ourselves, basically? Yeah. <laughs> or how do we live with nothing else to lose? Yes. Um, well, because also fear the. We learn, you know, for, through Rahab that they're melting in fear. And I guess fear drives you two ways, doesn't it? Fear yeah. either drives you to surrender towards. or yeah. it drives you towards, I don't know, what's the, like, defense. Yeah, yeah. defense, self-sufficiency. Mm. And so maybe she's, like, one of the few people right. that actually allows that fear to yeah. drive her towards, I'm, mm. I need saving yeah. rather than, right, yeah. you know, yeah. Also, this defense. this society, like I think, this social structure is not working for her. Yeah. Yeah. So that's the other, and this is why I think the gospel is good news for the poor. Yeah. So the, and we in the New Testament we see this where it's like, what does it mean for the rich? <laughs> yeah. It's a different conversation because yeah. it actually is liberation for the wealthy too, but not in the way they want. Yeah. <laughs> so I think that idea too is like this is good news to the poor because this even if they were to win. Mm-hmm. And business carried on as usual in Jericho. Yeah. It's of no use to her. Yeah, that's true. So yeah, it's of no use to her. Yeah. So it's almost too. You have to get tired of this, whatever this game is. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I don't like it. Yeah. Yes. And I, you know, even if it stays this way, I don't want to be part yeah. of it. Yeah. Because her work, and we talked a little already about, you know, her her job, her occupation. You know, there's no there's no regulation. You know, there's no protection for her. There's like she is at the, the mercy really of the, the society that she's living in and yeah. I, yeah I'm just what is prostitution is not the oldest profession it's the oldest oppression wow yeah mm-hmm. I'm like that. yeah that helps yeah that absolutely it is absolutely. something done against yeah. women so again whatever the culture yeah this is a, an oppression not a profession yeah which is why when we hear Rahab the prostitute, you know, in in, um, the fight against sexual exploitation in general, we'll always say prostituted person. Yes. Because it's not, that's not the person's identity. Yeah. It's something that's been done to. Yeah. And even even the term sex work is uncomfortable because it, again, it feels like it justifies justifies something that, and we were talking earlier about this idea. Which I would say sexual exploitation. Yeah. I wouldn't call it work. Yeah, Yeah. absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, and it's, yeah, it's, again, it's amazing that, well, it is amazing, but it's also not because we, when you know the nature of God, of course, that's, that's where he's going to go, you know what I mean? The other big thing I would say, and this is something that, um, really amazes me about God in general, but God Mm. does not possess people. Yeah. Mm. The devil does that. Yeah. Yeah. God does not possess people. The devil does that. Mm-hmm. What God does is give people choice. Yeah. Yes. He did it from the very start. Yeah. And to actually give a person their humanity mm-hmm. is to give them the capacity to choose. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And this happens here. Yeah. yeah. So you have a woman who probably has not chosen yeah. what she does, mm-hmm. has not chosen where she lives, has mm-hmm. not chosen how she's treated. Mm-hmm. Choosing. 
So now she's choosing. That's the God. power, isn't it? Yeah. She's choosing to ask for help. She's mm -hmm. choosing to save. Mm -hmm. She's choosing to. So again, now she's no longer this thing that something's happening to. Yeah. She's the one happening. Yeah. She's the one making the choices. Yeah. And that's actually the good news. Yes. Is the liberation to then choose, choose. even if to choose is to say help. Mm. It's a choice. So that's, it's also very liberate. Like she's yeah. the hero. Yeah. And um, because she's choosing. And that's what it means to be human. Mm. I also think it's interesting that she, in her sort of bargaining conversation, she could have asked for money, she could have asked for status, but, and, and, and she, she asks obviously for, for safety for herself, but she extends it to a fact, like the thing that she asks is for her family to be saved. Mm. And I think that also tells us quite a lot about her, about her character. Mm. Uh, it's funny, Amy and I, in the past, we find ourselves sort of almost um, like, like holding these these women in the Old Testament almost too like we want them to be perfect. Uh, you yeah. know what I mean? Yeah, like yeah. please. <laughs> yeah. um, but they're, of course they're not perfect. And yeah, I, I do think that says a lot about who she is. I might have just asked for money, that's what I'm thinking. If it was me, I'd just give give me the cash or yeah. give me my ticket. But what she asks it's like it's actually bold, isn't it? It's yeah. kind of um, audacious. Yeah. I don't just say me, I want I want my if it's if you're gonna say I want my whole family with me. Yeah. Which is pretty amazing. Yeah, I wonder what her motivation. Well, for it's that is. it's actually probably part of her oppression in mm -hmm. a sense because the reason she's probably in that, which is the reason so many women are yeah. in that, mm -hmm. is to create economic possibilities and stabilities for their for family. Her family. Yeah, whether it's like single moms or mm -hmm. whether it's like families back home. You have yeah. lots of trafficking victims. Even to this day, when you know girls, young girls sold into sexual servitude yeah. to pay debts off that their family owes. So, mm. it's a really fascinating thing too. Is that like this desire mm. to even this oppression is most likely linked to yeah. her family's provision. Yeah. And so her freedom is also linked. Mm. Do you know what I mean? Like, there's something yeah. beautiful about the like. Yeah. upside down nature of turning oppression into yeah. liberation right yeah it's that's that's what god does yeah and even thinking about our acts of faith and humility and obedience what we pass down to the generation yeah you know, the impact it has absolutely yeah. absolutely because yeah. in her family lineage yeah exactly which i mean jesus yeah, yeah. jesus uses her yeah. like jesus uses nobody Jesus elevates her yeah. status yeah. as a means by which the Savior of the world it's entered. Crazy. It is crazy, isn't it? Right? So think about that. If you were Rahab's cousin, yeah. grandkid, nephew, I mean, we don't know, yeah. but like my grandma yeah. is the one that made the decision yeah. <laughs> yeah. that saved our family. That, and again, think about where she had no choices, yeah. made a very brave choice was honored for that yeah. as a human being, given yeah. dignity yeah. and then kindness and salvation. And then from there comes all these other, yeah. Yeah. I mean, wow, yeah. that's incredible. Yeah. So and all the way, she makes it all the way to Hebrews. Yeah, yeah, yeah Hebrews 11. She's right. named She's, in the hall of faith. Yeah. yeah. But even it's not clear, is it, how they didn't get told, they didn't get told to go to Rahab's house even, did they, or mm -hmm. to go to the, so even that, it's like this sort of divine, you know, unless they were going to Rahab's house for another reason, right? Right, yeah, well, yeah, exactly. The, I think it's most quite likely, likely. yeah.
even that though, that God would use, yeah. you know, be in all of that. Oh, it is, it's amazing, isn't it? How gracious and merciful, so much more. And how unsure. Which would be even more upside down. Even yes, more upside down. These yeah, guys right. would have come to use somebody yeah. who's yes. the lowest of the lowest oh, of the low. Yes. Yeah, yeah. And then God would have said, actually, yeah. I've got another idea. Here's some, like, let's yeah. actually tell a different Turn story. Yeah, so of a, a woman with agency yeah. Yeah. and faith. I know. Uh, well, that can save that. you yeah. instead of use you yeah, as yes. well. Because she could have totally yeah. given them over. Yeah. yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. And that would have actually potentially elevated her status amongst her people. I mean, that, yeah. That um, would have been a pretty clever thing to do, actually. But she doesn't so use that. So who's the redeemer in the story? Right. Yeah. And, and that's the other thing about the, the power conversation is like, even when we tell that story, we still think of Israel saving Rahab. Yes. Yeah. But is that what happened? I don't yeah. know what the answer is. Rahab saved, Rahab saved Israel. Israel. Yeah. Yes, of course. Rahab saved Israel. And, and, and so it's a really interesting, even when we tell the story now, we're like, isn't that nice of those oh, how men yeah. to yeah. save Rahab? Yeah. Yeah. Yes. And, completely and you're like, oh, the men that were probably there to yeah. use Rahab, yeah. who then were saved by Rahab. Yes. Right, and Israel now being, because they wouldn't have even known that the army they were facing were afraid. They no. might not have even gone no. without Rahab's intel. So it's even her intel, it's her saving, it's yeah. her choosing, it's her bravery. She yeah. uses all that to save them. Yes. And I don't even think they're worthy of being saved, probably, if that's what they were there to do. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Right? Like, that's not, and so it's, she's the redeemer in the yeah. story. Yeah. yeah. And um, and redemption has a flow, yeah. just like oppression does. So oppression always leads to death. Redemption always restores and leads to life. Yeah. So that's the other thing: is her choices to redeem mm. lead to redemption. Yeah. For her whole family, for her whole generation, for her whole. You well, know, and for the forever, forever, and yeah. for me. Yeah. Thanks, Ray. Thank, yeah. Thank yeah. you. In fact, why don't we jump, maybe let's just explore a little bit further what this tells us about God, what this tells us about Jesus. Um, because, I mean, the, the, red, the red cord, you know, is symbolic. It, it reminds us of the, the blood, you know, the blood of the lamb on the, on the door frames of the, of Exodus the, story. the Exodus story. And God passes over those houses. And of course, it's the red blood. Yeah that Jesus shared on the cross for our redemption. And so it's, mm -hmm. even that is pretty cool. That, yeah, that it's, it's a like thread, a, literally a thread. A thread. <laughs> yeah, exactly. If you're looking for a thread in the story, yeah. it's literally, what is that? If you're looking for a sign, yeah. it's it, right here. It's a red it was, cord, guys. Yeah. <laughs> it's almost like, I was like, I'm yeah. gonna make you really obvious. Yeah. That's right, that's right. But that it is the redemption is the redemptive work, isn't yeah. it? That is only yeah. possible. The foreshadowing. Right? Yeah, the mm -hmm. foreshadowing of what Jesus does. Yeah. So what, yeah, maybe what else? What else do we learn? The cord is not only a symbol, you know, it's red and it's, you know, it's, it's pointing backwards to the Exodus and pointing forwards mm -hmm. to the cross, mm -hmm. but it's also the way, it is the way out of the window. Like yeah, it, 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 literally how yeah. they're getting yeah. out and I think that's interesting too because all theology is not just good ideas yes. there, it's, it's, it's a practice yeah. we actually have oh, that's to so good. that's so good Yeah, we have to 
We right. have to actually find the way and then take it. Yeah, yeah that's you know, right. not just like okay, we're good. This is a nice idea. Go. Yeah, right. We actually have to participate yeah. and use that way out. Yeah. Um, so what is that kind of neat? How, what is that? Look, maybe mm. I don't. I'm jumping ahead into the next section, but I, th- I think we're okay. Yeah. What What does that What does that look like if somebody's listening mm. and they recognize this need for redemption? whatever that might be, yeah. what does it mean to actually grab hold of the red cord, as it were, rather than just sort of know it as an idea? Does that make sense? Yeah, I mean, I, I think one of the first things is, is to know that you do have agency. Yeah. Because I think that's one of the things oppression does, mm-hmm. is say you don't. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, I mean, the root cause even of extreme poverty, you know, when, you, when you think about what poverty actually is, we always think in terms of economics. But it's way, way worse than that. Mm-hmm. You know, poverty is not just that people don't have money. Poverty is disempowerment. Mm-hmm. It's that the choices they want to make, they can't. Yes. And so redemption, the very first signs of it, is this idea mm-hmm. that maybe you do have a choice, yeah. that maybe you do have agency, mm-hmm. that maybe you are a human, mm-hmm. that maybe you could cry out, maybe you could ask for help, maybe you could move in a direction that is life-giving. I remember going to Haiti and talking to my, I had a, a kid that I was partnering with in a sponsorship mm-hmm. program, Emerson, and it was nice to see him. He was like five or six, having a good time. He didn't care, couldn't care less who I am. But his mom, Jasmine, and I got to talk. And uh, Jasmine told me about how she was like, really just watching her kids starve to death. And had not, like, I, got, I have no hope. I have no choices. She overheard a conversation at the market of these two women talking about a church that was letting kids into their school program that included a meal. Mm. And she said to herself, could it be true? Mm. And then she took, she hitched a ride on a motorcycle. She walked for a day. She hit, like hitched a a ride on another lift Mm. to get to the church to knock on the door and say, is it true? Wow. And that's how her son got to be in my life. Mm-hmm. It was her pulling on a red wow. Yeah. It was her saying, yeah. I can either believe oppression mm-hmm. and say there's nothing that can be done, or I can do everything possible mm-hmm. to move in faith, to ask for help, to choose life for my kids Mm -hmm. you know I just I think you know who's the heroine of the story me Mm -hmm. (laughs) saving a latte a week yeah (laughs) or Jasmine yeah putting a red thread up yeah yeah so I I think for me it's it's acting on the possibility yeah that God is real yeah and that that he's kind yeah Mm -hmm. and he wants you and they want you free. Mm-hmm. But even even that um, yeah. concept of freedom, mm-hmm. we get so warped, doesn't it? The, the fact the, the fact that you've equated freedom with choice and agency. Mm-hmm. So often, what we believe from the enemy and from the culture around us yeah. is that by choosing God, mm-hmm. you're actually denying yourself right. choice. Yeah or certain choices, yeah. mm-hmm. and therefore freedom. Mm-hmm. 
And it's that's one of the things that drives me the most <laughs> crazy. Actually, so warped, yeah. it's so, that we we have so, it's so easy to swallow this lie yeah. about what freedom is. And you look around culture around the world; they're all we're all sort of feeding on this diet or this understanding of what freedom is, mm-hmm. and it it seems alien from what God prescribes mm-hmm. freedom to be. Yeah, and yet. Um, that is the path, you know, the, the freedom that, that Jesus offers is the path to life. Um, and yet it gets so skewed and we're so easily... Yeah, that's so his thing, isn't it? Yeah. I, I've said before, you life or death, choose life. Yeah. So I do this thing called Brave Global, which is, you know, we, we try to mobilize communities to reach girls yeah. before they're trafficked. Right. And we do this, you know, it's a prevention strategy. It's an empowerment conference for girls, particularly girls who are in foster care or corrections, because mm-hmm. that's the kind of bullseye of expectation. Yes, absolutely. So I did this thing. My friend Tannis, who was trafficked, and she got out, and, and we became friends. And she, she's an advocate and global ambassador for Brave. Her and I used to do this shtick at Brave. So I would get up, and I would have this paddle. I would tell this story about my friend who went whitewater rafting with me. And she forgot she had one of those, like, pl- little plastic jackets on. There was this part where you like jump in the water and you pat and you and you just like swim really hard to the shore against the current so that you can climb up this cliff and jump back in the water. It's really fun. It does actually sound a little. It fun. is fun. Yeah. And but we did this and we all jumped in the water. We swam really hard. It was hard, but we were like good swimmers. And we get to the shore and everybody's there but my friend Denise because Denise forgot when she jumped in the water she had that jacket on. And so what happened was, as soon as she got in the water, her jacket filled with water. Oh, wow. And so she couldn't lift her arms to swim. So when we turned around, we just saw Denise going, help, like floating in the water. And so this, like, she always tells a story, like this really muscular kayak guide guy gets on and goes, I've got you. And she's like, oh, oh, yes. So he comes and he kind of offers her a paddle. So I was, I like would take out the paddle and I would say, like, just hang on. And she said, I, I, all, I took all my strength just to like grab the paddle. Mm. And then she said, and he dragged me into the shore. Yeah. And I would be like, that's like, choose yeah. life, you know, choose life. So I would just be like, I said before you life or yeah. death, choose life. Yeah. And then Tannis would stand up in the crowd and she would go, if only it was that easy. And everyone would be like, and then she would come with another paddle. Ah. And she said, I was drowning. I couldn't lift my arms. Mm. And a guy came to rescue me, mm-hmm. and he offered me help, and I took it. Yeah. But he didn't bring me to safety. He exploited me. Wow. He tricked me. Yeah. He, you know. Yeah. He, yeah. And that's so the good. problem. Yeah. Is if it was clear. Yeah. So then everyone's like, oh no. So then we had then we had to have a conversation about how can you tell. If the help is, is life, actually or if the help is death, yeah. And so then we sort of had, yes. then we have all this conversation about like, is it a secret? Yeah. Is it like oppressive? Like, mm-hmm. is it actually against your inner core? Is it again, yeah. you know? And we had sort of, is it like attached to some sort of like economic arrangement? You know, like yeah. it was just all these things. And um, and then eventually, which is kind of like when you when you do when you are offered help by somebody and you can tell this is not life, what are you mm-hmm. gonna say? Yeah. So and I think I think it's easy to say even in culture, you know, um, people are cho- thinking that just choice itself is freedom instead of choosing right. freedom is freedom. That's it. Yeah. But I would say that the culture, the general, like the the devil is an oppressor. Mm-hmm. 
So his desire is to trick you. Yeah. yeah. So that what it does look like help. Yeah. yeah. You know, it does look like an offer yeah, of saving. Yeah, it was really obvious. We're not stupid, are we? You know what I mean? It, yes. It's to be subtle. Yeah, so that idea of, and this is where I think God is 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 always working, is trying to say, like, mm. choose life, choose life, choose life, choose life. So um, I guess my prayer is that, like, like Rahab, we would be people who would get somehow, intuitively, some revelation, some insight mm. to go, I see life when it's offered. Mm. Like, I see that this actually is freedom. And I can see this is not freedom. Yeah. And so for her, she sees the fear as oppressive yeah. and the faith as yeah. free. Yeah. And she's right. Yeah. So I, I think for me, it's less about like, it, it's just more about like, don't be duped yeah. by, the, by the oppressive spirit that mm-hmm. disguises itself as, as help mm-hmm. yeah. when it's not. Yeah. And one of the great ways to tell, of course, is like, where does it lead? Yeah. Where does it lead? Yeah. Because um, I know, I know. For me, and I've talked about this a couple of times on this, but there have been seasons in my life where I've had sort of an unhealthy relationship with food, and uh, again, part of the culture that we live in, again, almost like you know, the Bible talks about the flesh, the world, the devil, and how often those three things collude together to sort of embed this narrative you know in your mind in in your belief system and for me it was that sort of that freedom was found through being a certain size you know or a certain weight etc and it was so enticing you know because those three forces would kind of collude together yeah to reinforce this lie and it, it 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 was so and i would often I got to the point where I, re- I was able to recognize that actually the, the choices that I was having to make mm-hmm. to sort of strive towards this life, and if I was this mm-hmm. size, this weight, then I would be free, I'd be happy, right. actually were a prison. Right. You know, that it was, I was, it, it even led the, to oppression. It was, exactly. Right. I was, I was, it was like I could fit, I was in the prison. Yeah. And so, so it looked like freedom. Yeah, exactly. But and it actually led to yeah, oppression. And everything yeah. around me is saying, "This yeah. is what freedom looks like. Yeah. This is what it tastes like. Yeah. You will feel this you, if you get to this point." Yeah. And actually, it's only when you're there and you're like, "Oh, mm-hmm. oh no! Actually, what I feel like is in prison. Mm-hmm. Yeah, oppressed." Mm-hmm. And then the next stage is then, okay, I'm, I'm coming out of the prison, but of course. The tempter, the enemy, he's going to want to lure all the time, lure me yes. back, lure me back. Mm-hmm. And so then it's, rec- okay, now I know I've got a choice. Yes. I'm going to choose the prison. Mm-hmm. I know what that smells like. Yes. I know what it feels I like. Know where or it leads. I know where it goes. Yeah. Or I'm going to choose life. Mm-hmm. And I, I think, Interesting. You ha- you ha- I think for lots of people, maybe, maybe you get to that point and it's like, uh, it then does become a choice. Do you see what I mean? Yeah. It's well, and also the the choosing of life makes it sound like ta-da. Yeah, but it's but so like work. for Rahab, even think about it. It's a cultural shift. It's yes. a people shift. Huge. It's in many ways she's betraying her people. Yeah. Like so, I bet you the stories about her on the other side aren't so great. That's true. You yeah. know, so you know, there's a lot of things that she's having to do that are going to be new. Mm. Yeah. and scary and hard That's and true. probably feel bad 
the more yeah. it feels right. Yeah, I mean, it's not Disney World, is it? When she right. sort of, the, the it end of the story. It gets worse before it yeah. gets better. That's how freedom works. Yes. It gets worse if you ever yeah. detox anything ever. Yes. Coffee, heroin, <laughs> yes. it's all, it gets worse before it gets better. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. Fascinating. Wow. I have one more thing to say oh, about yes. freedom and choice. Yes. And I think it's, if you're, or if you're, if you're listening to this and you're younger, um, there's a, a thing Kierkegaard used to say called the illusion of choice. He used to mm. te teach this a lot. I think it's very helpful to the people I talk about. Mm -hmm. And basically, it's just, or the people I talk to, I don't talk about <laughs> you. It's basically that there's an illusion that says that um, not making a choice is freedom. Um, and that making a choice is is not freedom. Right. So so not making a choice is freedom. So the idea is that to choose is to say no to all the other choices. Mm -hmm. And so then you think, well, that's not free. Mm -hmm. And he used to use a little story. He said, like, he fell in love with a brunette and a blonde. And he said he loved them both. And he couldn't choose between them, so he decided to keep them both. Mm -hmm. And then that didn't work out, mm -hmm. as you might imagine. Yeah. He lost them both. And he, he said, all choices are like that. Yeah. You have to choose to be free. Yeah. Freedom is not not choosing. Yeah. That's actually nothing. Yeah. Yeah. It's been like not having two moms. I was just choosing <laughs> that. Yeah. yeah. And also, but it's also nothing. You get yeah. nothing. Yeah. So you, you don't choose to be free, mm. and your freedom is nothing. Yeah. And um, so he said in his generation, and I think it's true of this generation, who's exhausted by the choices, yeah. so and then also duped into believing that making a choice mm -hmm. is actually to is slavery, when really not making yeah. a choice yeah. is a kind of form of slavery. Mm -hmm. So I think it's that too. So Rahab easily could have been like, I'm on no one's side. Yeah. Yeah. I won't make yeah. any choices, and it would have led to destruction. Yeah. yeah. Um, but she made a choice. And the choice was to freedom, and that's—I think—that's our—that's what God wants us to do. Yeah, choose love. And that's—it was a, a step of faith, because she had no idea that the choice that she was going to make would mm -hmm. pay off ultimately. Yeah. So that's—that's that's the faith thing, isn't it? It's yeah. Like mm -hmm. this is—it's always a step of faith. Mm -hmm. um, Even the most powerful demonstrations of God's might mm -hmm. are matched, even in the Old Testament by God's inclusive kindness. Yeah. That's the other thing. Yes. So we don't she always, yeah. had heard about this mighty God. Yes. And this mighty God, his might is matched by his desire yeah. to include Rahab and save her family. Yes. Because it would be easy to miss that with the Old Testament sometimes, mm -hmm. wouldn't yeah. it? Yeah, 100%. Yeah. But it's there. It is there mm -hmm. the whole time. Well, fun times. Will yeah. you, when you pray over us, even just even as we're speaking, like even someone who might be listening, who might be in that moment of whether to speak up or not, I just wonder whether you would pray over us, pray over whoever might be listening to, um, yeah, for courage in that sense. Yeah. So God, we thank you so much that you are uh, and always have been at work, literally threading redemption in all of our stories. And I pray right now that you would give everybody who's listening to this and, and uh, us who are in this room the um, revelation, the insight to see the choices that we have 
the kindness, the redemption, the opportunities, the agency that you've given us to choose life. Um, I pray that they would appear at our door, <laughs> that they would wake us up in the night, that there would be an inclination of our hearts. Um, I pray for everyone who's been told their whole life that they can't. Um, and I pray right now that your spirit would help them know that they can't. They can't. And I also pray for everyone who's heard that you're angry and you're destructive and you're judgmental. I pray that we would all be surprised at just how kind and inclusive and redemptive you are. And that that's your plan for for everyone. So I pray God for every potential Rahab out there who prays, who feels completely disempowered, yeah. that they would know that you are with them, that you love them, that you call them, that they can choose. And uh, when they choose, you meet them there in full salvation and redemption. Mm -hmm. And keep helping us, you know, put as many red threads in as many windows yes. as we possibly yeah. can with our lives and our witness yeah. and the courage of our own decisions. In Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Thanks so much for being with us. Thank you for having um, me, guys. Yeah. Maybe we should just do that every time. Do you want to just, <laughs> just fly over. <laughs> yeah, just go over. Quick, quick flight <laughs> over across the pond. Exactly. Yeah. Thanks for listening and I hope this encourages you. Thanks so much for listening. We hope you enjoyed this episode. Follow us on socials at The Orchard Women to find out more about everything coming up.